Hello and welcome to the reaction to Livingston 0, Celtic 3 on Sunday the 30th of October 2022 in the Cinch Premiership. I'm your host Paul Carlin, joined today by a man celebrating his one year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Lorenzo Pacitti. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the first milestone of many, let's hope. Wow, yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Don't get complacent. Uh, exactly, yeah. Always be on your reggae. Bring your reggae uh, to every relationship. Uh, off we to never a bad felt. start. Uh, also joining us from uh, Long Island, New York, it's our old friend Eddie Walsh. Hello, Paul, Lorenzo. Happy anniversary. That makes it sound like it's, it's our anniversary. When is <laughs> well, our anniversary, Lorenzo? We, we didn't necessarily say what the anniversary is for. <laughs> That's so. true, actually, yeah. Let's just, just leave happy the anniversary. anniversary. Quite yeah. like it. Um, uh, a good victory uh, at a stadium that's historically poses some problems, but today it was a a fairly comfortable win. Um, Eddie, just initial thoughts on uh, at full time. How are you feeling about the game? I thought it was pretty good, actually. I think um, I love the way we started, which I kind of hope, you know, that that kind of continues. We started really fast, really kind of direct and aggressive, uh, which is something that I guess we don't usually do against teams like this. Um, we were kind of, you know, playing it through the middle more. There's lots of like, you know, one twos and link up play. I, I mean, I thought it was really, really good. Dropped off a little bit in the second half, but still like very comfortable, very, you know, the, exactly how you want to see us play in a game like that. Lorenzo, what do you think about the game and just in general terms? Yeah, really, really relaxed, really like relaxing game to watch almost. Like it wasn't the best game of football, but you're playing Livingston in Livingston with Hezbollah as the manager. There's, there's never going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to be a free-flowing game of football, but I think for for all everything considered, I think it was just such a. I had my feet up, you know. I had a cup of tea. I felt like I could go get a cup of tea like halfway through the second half, and and feel like if I missed something, it'd be just like it might be a goal for us. I didn't feel like I was going to miss anything that would ruin my day. Uh, yeah. so it was just nice to watch a Celtic game, and particularly in Livingston, and just feel calm the whole time. Nice Sunday relaxing game of football. I you know. It- you, on, you know Eddie. who had his uh, feet up with some tea as well today? Aaron Moy. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too, but I think for different reasons. I think uh, I think I think we're going to have a disagreement uh, about ooh. about Aaron Moy, um, but we'll we'll come to that later on. Um, lovely to have a game like this. I think playing Livingston it always gives me a wee bit of anxiety. I mean, I I'm a shite bag, and I feel like we're going to lose every single game we play. But with Livy at the um, Sergio Rigatoni Stadium or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it, it's just yeah, there's been so much anxiety there in the past. Today just felt, yeah, like a like a game you kind of the the football equivalent of having a nice cup of tea. Um lineup was uh, Joe Hart and Goals, back four of Ralston, Jens, Carter Vickers, Taylor, Matt O'Reilly, Aaron Moy, Rail Hatati midfield, and a front three of Kyogo, flanked by Forrest and Hashkabanovic. Uh, Lorenzo, thoughts on the lineup? Uh, I don't know how to, when I think when I see lineups coming for Celtic now, I'm kind of like, unless it's a Champions League game, I'm kind of open to anything a wee bit. I think when you miss McGregor, you could not get more of a nailed on starter than Cal McGregor. So when he's gone, everything shifts a little bit. Uh, we'll become kind of comfortable with the idea of O'Reilly in that position. And then in front of him, you could kind of expect anything. So again, I wasn't like shocked by it. I didn't feel uncomfortable with it. Forrest has been on a bit of form. And seems to kind of, I think Angie's kind of trying to put the foot on the gas with Forrest. You know, he's found that bit of form and he doesn't want to kind of put him back in the shadows and make him a completely useless squad player. It's not to say Forrest is, you know, the new starter or is going to go on any kind of run, but... I think Angie's done well to make sure that this doesn't kind of go unnoticed, that he doesn't end up just back at the end of the bench. A veteran, nice for the dressing room. He's a like a contributing factor to, to like winning the league this season. Uh, so I was quite happy to line up. I like seeing Haksabanovic start. And uh, for me, the idea of... There's the big Twitter thing, I guess, of Kyogo v Gigi, particularly in a game like Livingston. I think it's too predictable and it falls too much into Livingston's hands to play Giacomacus in the start. It's kind of the game they want us to play ding dong physical whereas you know Kyogo will run them ragged and Kyogo had one of his better games away at Livingston before so happy to see Kyogo start and happy with the general yeah Eddie thoughts yeah I mean pretty much the same I think um I mean you start what is like the last four or six or something like that I'm not hugely surprised to see Kyogo but 
really glad to kind of see him have a good game today. Um, but yeah, much like Lorenzo was saying, you don't really, there's no real teams, I guess, that will come out in the league where I'll be kind of looking at it and go, this is, this is ridiculous. I can't believe what's going on. Uh, because I feel like and will make, you know, he'll make changes when they're needed, especially he's been doing it a lot more quicker um, now. So, yeah, I mean, I was happy with, uh, you know, the lineup. I thought it was cool to see Ralston uh, get another game um, because I think he's been good uh, last couple of games. So obviously always psyched to see Haxabanovich because I think he's just getting more and more exciting, even though I think he had kind of a, a tough day today, not really any of his own doing, but um, he's, he's such a player and uh, looking forward to seeing more of him too. Um, so I guess we were expecting a, a, a statement after the disappointment in midweek. Um, and I think doing it against Levy on their turf, doing it against specifically David Martindale on their turf is great. He's, he's a weird guy, isn't he? He's just a, he's just a weird guy. He's got um, a face on all the time. Yeah, like... I don't know. I don't know what he's about. Um, and that pitch as well. Uh, it's an absolute. It's an absolute disgrace. It, it's absolutely shocking. So, I don't know. This this win feels like a real. I don't know. There's something more to it, and I think the manner in which we did it um, was good. Eddie, you talked about how we sort of um, we started off pretty much in the front foot, pretty aggressively. Um, how do you think the thing the thing that I thought about the thing coming into this match was how are how are Cameron Carter Vickers and Moritz Jens going to cope with uh, Joel Nubley? Um how do you think they got on in the initial sort of stages of the game? Um I think it was tough in, in the very beginning. I think um it was definitely strange to see kind of CCV struggle a little bit with him. Uh I don't think he was terrible by any means, but he definitely gave him more of a fight than maybe most defenders in the league would. Uh, he got the better of Jens a couple a couple times, um, but yeah, I mean, it's he's a tough guy to go up against, uh, so you kind of expect that. But it was it was like a little it was a little jarring, I guess, to see, especially in the beginning, because you know when CCV got the yellow card, you were just like, oh shit, you know, like it's it's just going to be like this the whole game, and you worry that he's not going to get dragged into something. But um, yeah, I thought they did pretty well considering. Um, I almost thought the pitch was almost too quick in the in the beginning um but i thought the center backs in particular were really good and quicker coming out of the back uh playing out of the back especially yens actually um just playing it quickly to taylor playing it quickly to ralston uh so i i liked what i saw as far as that goes yeah it kept it a bit, bit simpler today i thought um both of them in terms of their playing out from the back um with no play though benzo like there, there was a moment where Nobody, Levy had a free kick on their right hand side, and Nubley was kind of at the front post. Nobody was marking, although Kyogo was sort of half marking him. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, th- I think Nubley's a decent player. Like, you know, he scored against Rangers last week. There's, there's something about him. Lorenzo, where you having um, Christopher Julien flashback moments, though, at points with Moritz Jens? Uh, only in that Moritz Jens isn't amazing. I don't think he's, I think it's more defensively. See the whole Nubley thing. The big athletic striker. I mean, but Scottish football is obsessed with uh, six foot plus strikers getting a defender booked and having two or three games of semi decent form, and suddenly the next big thing. Like Curtis Main was a big deal against Celtic for a, a, a wee while because he got somebody booked. Ike Piezu, another one. Like, Nubley didn't score against us, he didn't trouble us, he got CCV booked. Congrats, you know. <laughs> Good I luck think, with your future endeavours. For the first couple, like, high balls, challenges, Nubly's fresh, everybody's fresh, he's a very strong, big guy. He is, like, in a one-on-one, gonna put CCV off the ball, but he didn't get by him, he didn't, you know, cause any trouble, he didn't get near the goal. For me, I think it's just, it's it's the kind of thing that um, pundits, and Andy Walker especially, they just oh, know for content, it's just something that has to be, you know, he's really causing them trouble, he's not, you know, he didn't score. He scored, I'm, I'll see how he finishes this season, what his goal-scoring record is. I imagine it'll be single digits because he's not a very good footballer. Um, so that always he's not. He's, he's a decent footballer. That's a bit unfair. He's, he's for Livingston FC. He's I, not I, a very good goal-scorer is maybe a more accurate way. Right. I mean, I, I, you, you put Andre the Giant up front against CCV, he might get CCV <laughs> booked. As CCV Andre the Giant has been yeah. dead for about 30 years, Lorenzo. Show some respect. But, I mean, you could... 
you, even if it was Andre the Giant, you could still say that he gave him a little bit more of a hard time than literally anyone else in the league. I mean, I feel like you you just don't see CCV kind of – he wasn't rattled, but, I mean, he was getting, you know, physically kind of into it, which I, I don't necessarily see it uh, with many other defenders. Like, he usually kind of reads the game well enough to get in front of the defender before – they're even at the ball and just kind of block them. But he was like having a proper battle with, uh, with Newbly. Not, you know, he won it obviously, but I just think it was a little bit more kind of, I don't know, of a test for him. Not really. I don't know. I agree, but I think it lasted like 15, 20 minutes. And then, yeah. no, 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 you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing for me about all these players. Like they, and they will get you booked and they'll cause trouble. And this is the thing whenever we come to a stadium like this in particular, like the thing I wanted from today was an early goal. Because it settles everybody down, Same. and we got yeah. that, and and it settles the defense down. Because now they're just defending a lead; they're not. And again, the Levy players now they're doing more than just causing trouble. They have to score at some point. You know, they have to come and play football. So I think all this stuff settles down, and it's just it's. Um, I don't like the big striker chat. As a fan of big strikers, I like good ones. <laughs> Uh, I just thought, I, I think it's sometimes interesting and I think it's maybe quite good for our defenders to have to face a player like this because you're more likely to face them in the league and I guess if we can get through a game like that and okay, both central defenders get booked but like you say, I had never thought Joel Nubley was going to score today and I was interested in how CCV and Jens would cope with him and I think in the early stages, I don't think they cope too well but as you say Lorenzo, a different story in the second half. Uh, but you mentioned getting an early goal, and we got an early goal, and it was it was some pretty pretty special. I thought Benz would talk us through it. I think any goal where you know we talk so much about the inverted fullbacks, where a goal comes from your two fullbacks linking up in a kind of central area of the park to play a killer ball, you know something's working. And the, mm-hmm. the inverted fullbacks are supposed to cause you know overloads and to give you a free pass in the middle of the park constantly. And it just kind of played out exactly as you always hope it does. Ralston, again, picked some really good passes in the first half, had his head up all the time. Uh, Taylor is just on another level. His movement... It's, it's mad how he's like player of the year, isn't it? <laughs> I don't... like I, I, So few players play an inverted fullback role at like a high level in football. You don't see it very often. So to see Taylor learn it and just be like one of the best examples of it in European football. Yeah. You know, you can watch Taylor yeah. all day and see his movement. Um so for him to find that pocket of space, immediately have his head up, and again, everything worked as it's supposed to. Levy defender comes out to meet Taylor to put pressure on the ball because there's an overload, and Kyogo, as he always will, finds open space, capitalises on open space, uh, and then just that confidence Kyogo has, you know, on his on his left foot, he didn't overthink it, he didn't cut back, you know, he's he's acting on instinct and buried it. But yeah, it was it was some finish. I thought Eddie. Good to see Kyogo go back in the goals. He's been hot and cold lately. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think uh, Lorenzo says as far, you know, confidence. I feel like there was some kind of frustration and anger behind it too. Just absolutely, you know, taking a shot from an impossible angle. Um, it was really something. Uh, it, reminded me, it reminded me of the Osimhen goal uh, for um, Napoli during, during the week. Uh, just at an unreal angle. And it was definitely hit with some some frustration and I really hope that that kind of gets him going um you know back back scoring but I do think uh Lorenzo also has a great point as far as you know him making those runs today I feel like that that happened a lot with several players on the left hand side in particular kind of the through balls through um the defense and then going in on goal so um that's kind of what you want to see I guess because that kind of shows that we're confident and we're also trying to play through the middle it's not necessarily kind of you know whacking it out to the side and throwing crosses in we were actually trying to like like put our game onto them play the way that we should be playing um so yeah i mean it's it's amazing to see kyogo score something like that because you know he's got it in him i just think it's a matter of him kind of just kicking on from here really i'm really glad that we didn't resort to this sort of just putting out weight and chucking you know, cross balls in. Um, a great point, Eddie. We definitely, I think Celtic started on on their own terms, and and that just, I think maybe Livy were expecting us to maybe play further out wide. Um, a great goal as well. Just a really, really chuffed for Kyogo. Uh, just the ball from Taylor. 
Gee whiz, we'll talk a bit more about Greg Taylor as this goes on, but there's something there's something happening with Greg Taylor. Like it's it's I don't know if it's witchcraft or if he actually always has been this good or he's or maybe it's a combination of being coached properly and playing in a system that suits his attributes. But um he's stepping up to a really, really awesome level. Um so uh goal goes in and then uh CCV is sort of fouling Nubly a bit, a wee bit of needle there. Um and then Moy's taking our corners today, right? So, uh, uh, well, maybe I just want to talk about how shite our set pieces are because having got back into scoring quite a few goals from corner kicks and, and free kicks in the, over the past, well, since Ange joined, basically, corners recently have been absolutely honking, Lorenzo. Um, there was a whole Gavin Strachan victory parade when we scored like from a couple corners in a row earlier on in the season. There was like an interview... And I, like people brought up how he's the one working on it and how great it is and blah blah. The delivery from players who have such you know great ability on the ball is so poor. And you know you saw it a lot in Europe as well. It's just these guys who can pick a pass throughout the park, um, very confident, really creative technical players hitting the first man with the corners or just it doesn't seem like there's a, a point where the corner's supposed to hit. Like where is it aimed at? Mm-hmm. You no, know, even the movement in the box doesn't seem like. There's there's not kind of decoy runs everywhere. It's, it does just feel like we're schoolboy kind of putting it in the box in my corner. And it's really annoying because, particularly as a manager and as a coaching team, there is no part of the game you have greater control over than a set piece in terms of drawing something up. And for how well we are coached, you would imagine that has to be part of our repertoire. And obviously we don't see it as much of an issue in the league if we're scoring a lot of goals. But... On a wider scale, games that are close, cup finals, European games, you want to be able to have a set piece in your back pocket and we just don't seem to have that. Eddie, why do you think we've moved away from the short corner thing that, that was working quite well for us in the past, just in terms of getting like shots on target and creating actual proper chances? Maybe as as far as kind of injuries go. Um, you know, I feel like Jota was one of the players that, you know, would kind of always do that. Um and on the right-hand side, obviously, it's kind of back and forth between Abada and Forrest, um, not really knowing, you know, even even the fullbacks as well. Obviously, Juranovic has been kind of out of form. Um, so I think it's just a matter of kind of the pieces that you have at the time. Um, I do, I definitely agree on the corners. And it's kind of clear how many people, like how many players are taking corners that probably Ange doesn't even really know who's, the best and that you know that's not on Ange. it's just as far as like who's going to show me that you can take a corner um which is also with penalty kicks which we'll get to that but um the i feel like we're better at uh set pieces from outside the box like playing it in moy especially and o'reilly i feel like we get better chances coming from there than corners um which yeah i, I just i don't understand why and i couldn't really tell you the best corner taker on our team I, I really couldn't say. Maybe Who Turnbull? I, yeah, I, well, Tur- Turnbull had, had one or a corner when he came on. And then I remember a corner in the end, near the end of the match where Jota and Turnbull did the short corner thing. And yeah. um, it just felt a bit more like how we're supposed to play. Um, but yeah, Moy should be taking corners. What well, Moy, Moy should stick to doing what he does best, and that's bodying Willie Collum. Um, Lorenzo, I'd say that's his greatest achievement in a Celtic jersey so far. Yeah, I really liked watching Moyne in the first half. I thought his... There were just little touches. He was quietly you know, playing beautiful one-touch football. He looked really creative today. He looked like he had a bit more guile about him, maybe a bit more confidence, whatever, or a licence to play. I think when Moy came in, there was this kind of assumption that he's going to play the beat-on role because he would kind of come on and see out games at Parkhead and stuff like that as he's finding his fitness. And McGregor injury has obviously been terrible for the team, but it moving O'Reilly back kind of shows that Moy isn't naturally going to be the deepest midfielder. He is a creative player. If you give him the ball in an advanced area, he does have vision, he does have a touch. I think in the first half you saw a lot of that. And it's more like an instinctive bit of creativity. And his instincts were on point because he's knocking over Willie Colm. He's <laughs> laying balls off to the kind of runners next to him. It's what he needs to be doing. Um, so I, I really liked Moy today. And yeah, I think the Willie Colm barge, you know, he doesn't move, he's, he doesn't avert his gaze. He kind of gives that impression of a guy who knew what he was doing the entire time, but if you don't look at him, you know, you're not going to get no VAR. is going to come up as if you've just assaulted the referee. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you just love to see it. Um, a couple of chances that, that 
could have gone in. Um, one from Forrest, Eddie, just sort of on the edge of the box with his left foot, and then not long after, Moy has a, a left-footed shot inside the box after a nice kind of um, interplay with uh, with Greg Taylor. Uh, I don't think Moy's ever going to score a goal for Celtic, right? I'm just going to put that out there in the hope that... It, Here we go. Everybody yeah. marked it. Everybody bookmarked have, this. Have you said yeah. that one before about him? Well, do you know what? Whenever I say that about a player, quite often their luck changes, and I don't mind being wrong about things. So <laughs> Moy's never going to score a goal for Celtic. He should have scored that. Forrest had a decent... Yeah, for, actually, I want to ask you both about James Forrest. So um, I, I would argue that James Forrest is potentially now Angie's kind of first choice in that right-wing position. Eddie, how do you think Forrest did today? Um, I thought he was pretty good. I think um, as far as... You kind of, you kind of saw... You kind of saw the old Forrest as far as what he would do, you know, cutting in on his left foot, playing it back and forth with... Um, you know, Moy, Hatate, O'Reilly. And I think the chances that you just mentioned kind of just goes to show that we were trying things more, you know, in the middle as opposed to, you know, throwing crosses in. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm really liking the midfield right now with Hatate, O'Reilly, and uh, and Moy. I think they got a cool thing going right now. Obviously, when McGregor comes back, he's going straight back in. But I think right now, it, it's probably better than a lot of us have expected. Um, especially at Amoy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that play in particular where James had the, uh, had the shot. I mean, it was a, it was a great shot. Um, it's one of those ones that you just thought was going to go in, but, uh, I think that's what I just loved about the whole first half, the aggressiveness and kind of, again, just taking it to him, even though there was just, there's, such minute space that they were trying to play through, especially on the left-hand side. I know I mentioned Haksibanovich kind of had like a hard time and it wasn't anything that he did. I just feel like he had a lot going on over on, on that side. Uh, and especially when he tried to dribble in the box, there was like two or three guys there, but I appreciate that we tried, you know, as, as opposed to kind of just lumping the crosses in, like just giving up and doing that. So I think that's my biggest kind of takeaway of the game today, just seeing the midfield um, playing the way they did, connecting the way they did, um, and obviously we had goals to show for it. So, Yeah, uh, good point. I, I'd written early on in my notes that I thought Hacksaw was a bit off it today, but I think you're right. I think he, I think he was still trying to create and still trying to play the game properly rather than just lumping it in the box like you plus, say. Yeah, plus he had, what was it, Devlin and Fitz, but they were both like just falling in front of him constantly. I, yeah. And getting hacked. Right so, yeah, so it it just wasn't his day. It was just a frustrating day for him, really. I like him I like him too, though. I, I think he, we've talked about his aggression, Lorenzo, in the past. I think you're, you're, a, you're a total hacksaw stan, am I right? Hacksaw stanovich. Yeah, love it. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think it was kind of his style of play and his sort of aggression was embodied by, I think it was about 42, 43 minutes in, where he basically was chased, just chasing a ball that the goalie got to first. And then Jack Hamilton, the Livy goalie, was... Uh, quote unquote injured, um, but I love to see him going for 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 balls like that. Like he he will always push and try and get there and go this that extra that it's those tiny margins that can make a difference. Yeah, I think the the wide players in general today, like Eddie said, Levy's game they want you to just lump crosses and they want to deny you space in the middle, make you feel like your wingers are getting tons of space, uh, and then kind of trap you out there and force you to put these kind of useless balls in because they have big centre-backs and they're, they're levy and they can defend in a low block, whatever. And I think every wide player today, including the full-backs and Forrest and Haksabanovich, were really committed to taking players on. And if it wasn't coming, you know, by beating a player, they were going to come back and they were going to restart the move again. They weren't going to just lump something in. Haksabanovich is great for that. I think when he gets stuck, you know, when guys do double-team him, he again doesn't kind of force the issue through them. He will... Uh, recycle the ball back, but not go outside kind of the final third. If you're in the final third with Haksabanovic, it's going to end in, a, in a, a ball in the box, it's going to end in a shot. You know, I like the way he will decide he's not going to go by two players, but when he brings the ball back out, it's because he's trying to find Hatati for a 1-2 at the edge of the box, or he's trying to uh, kind of dip it to somebody at the back post who's coming in late. He just always seems to have an eye for what's next, Haksabanovic, uh, and his close control is one of the best in the team it's kind of similar to Jota in that he can take players on and you know you, you'll get a guy like maybe Forrest in his, his later days 
when he puts his head down to go by somebody, it's kind of a, a one and done. You know, is he going to go by them or is he going to get tackled? Uh, with Haksavanovic, he will take three or four bites at it and kind of feel it out. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big, big Haksavanovic. <laughs> He's <laughs> uh, he's he a kind of special player here. I think, um, I, I've, yeah, I'm really really warming to him with each match. Even a, a day like today where things weren't really coming off for him, there's still something there. He's a different type of player and um, very cool as well. Really like him. Uh, so a, a slightly frustrating first half. We had a few chances. Maybe could have had a second goal. But Eddie, how are you feeling at half time? One nil up. I think while it was frustrating and maybe we didn't get a goal, I felt pretty positive about it. Uh, no, the Kyogo goal. But um, I just think like I felt more positive about it than any other time that we've played them, I guess, because mm-hmm. we were kind of playing the way we were. Um, and you kind of sense at the end of the half that they were frustrated too because it's they started to kick us a lot more uh, during the end of the first half. And obviously it was frustrating. There was you know inconsistency from Column, which is you know, to be expected, but no, I, I, I felt good. Like Lorenzo said, it was like, it was a very comfortable game. You're kind of, it's very relaxed, but you see things that are positive and you know, if we kind of keep going uh, with the same way that we were playing that, you know, obviously things are going to come off for us. So, Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. I thought it was a decent first half. Um, Lorenzo it never really felt like we were under any pressure. Um we come out with the same lineup, no changes. Actually, it's weird. I, I always expect Ange to make like at least one change at half time these days. I don't know. He, he sort of keeps surprising us. Um, but uh, we come out and uh, after a couple of minutes, Greg Taylor uh, sort of harks ahead to what he's going to do shortly. He has a, a decent shot from outside the box, which uh, Jack Hamilton sort of palms away. Um, how do you think we start the second half? Uh, pretty similar to the first half. I mean, good and. Greg Taylor again, he was obviously so involved. He's finding that specific patch of space so often, and it's because the whole team is playing correctly. You know, he's finding that open space that's been created by Haksabanovic, by Kyogo, and by Hatati. Um, and he is picking up the confidence now. I think he's, you can t- see Greg Taylor's a wee bit shy. You know, there was that when he was so good and he scored, and that video was doing the rounds of them trying to get him to lead the chatting at the end of the game, and he was a wee bit shy. And he's been through a lot as a Celtic player in terms of public opinion. You know, there's the majority of people thought if we're upgrading one position, it needs to be a left back. And then we won the league last season, but it's still we we could upgrade our left back. We could still upgrade on Greg Taylor, and he is just kind of taking everything he's tried. He's improved every week. He's learned that position inside out, and I think the confidence he's seen Taylor now is that he knows he's player of the season. You know, up to now he knows he's been playing this well, and him having shots like this. Particularly like multiple in one game, you know, not being put off taking these shots, uh, just shows kind of the maturity of him as a as a, a confident inverted left back because it's such a specific position. He's not just like a shuttling up and down fullback anymore. He's this special X factor to this specific Celtic team. Eddie, do you think we've like got him? Do you think we've like brainwashed him and like all the Rangers that was in him is gone? <laughs> I mean. He certainly celebrates like it, I guess. Um, but as you know, as long as he's playing the way he is, and I think Lorenzo's correct, like you could just see it about him. Um, just the confidence is just kind of bursting out of him, and just see him, you know, scoring the two goals. Um, I mean, maybe that's just another level level that he's kind of going up. I mean, you know, I don't want to compare, but that you know, the goal was was KT esque um, mm-hmm. from that area. Um, but yeah, I and. Only confident players take that shot, I think. Um, you know, you you won't see that very often, but it's just, it's really fun to watch. And it's really great to see every single game, whether it's Europe, the league, like, I mean, I could probably count on one hand how many difficult or bad games he's had this season. I just think he's really showing up and obviously we're reaping the benefits. So, Yeah, I think he, he and Rio Hitate are, are both... Um, putting in performances that are so consistent um, is great to see. Uh, speaking of Hatati, uh, Jason Holt went in really late on him, uh, didn't get booked. Um, maybe this is a good point to talk about the rest performance. I mean, just briefly, well, so there's, there's a VAR incident later on, but um, Willie Collum was kind of just letting a lot of the, the fouls go, Lorenzo, certainly through the first half and then at the start of the second half. Um, what did you make of him? I think Eddie said earlier, he is a referee who just never has any consistency. 
um, I think Livy's reputation, you know that way sometimes players' reputation precedes them where they get booked too easily? Livy seems to be the opposite when they play us, and it's like, well, they're, they give you a tough game, Livy, you know, they bully you, they push you around, they fill you a lot, you know, and they should be getting booked for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, luckily the referees didn't make much of an impact today, I don't think it really made too much of an impact in the whole game, other than we are a team that doesn't want to see our best players get hurt. You know, I don't mm. think it's a football game affected too much, but yeah, you don't want players feeling comfortable. They can rake their studs in the back of one of our players' legs or kick them late and know they're, they're not going to get booked. They're going to get away with it. It's not going to be a big deal. Um, and I think Hatate is a guy who's shrugged a lot of that off since he's been at Celtic. You know, we've seen him maybe a couple of times react, um, but he gets it every game. And it's because, again, he plays with his, he plays on the turn a lot, so he gets filled a lot, and that is part of his game. Uh, but yeah, he needs. I'm loath to say protection from the refs because it's something that makes it sound like you're asking for special treatment, but I think they're supposed to be encouraging a game of football. When you let fouls go, it's supposed to be because you're encouraging the flow of a game of football, mm-hmm. not because you're letting players get away with getting kicked. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I did like Hatati's reaction though, Eddie. Like, See, when a player like that gets angry, you know they're properly angry because they don't do it very often. Yeah, you kind of see the steam coming out of his ears at that point. Um I mean, I, I I felt like kind of that uh, that tackle that Ralston uh, had in the middle of the field. I think he got booked for that. Uh, I that felt like kind of a reaction, kind of like you know sticking up for their uh, our players type tackle. Um, but yeah, it was just it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, but also you expect it, and like Lorenzo said, like it's not it's not necessarily changing the game. It's just making it a little bit more frustrating that we're not getting those calls. That's yeah. really about it. So, um, We have a little spell where we're putting together a lot of really nice passes. O'Reilly gave the ball away in a sort of dangerous position. I don't think Matt O'Reilly had his best game for Celtic today, but but I think he's. I think we're asking quite a lot of him at the moment. And if any players do a wee break, Lorenzo, I feel like O'Reilly could maybe sit the next game out. What do you think? I think he, he'll benefit... I mean, if he goes to the World Cup, he'll benefit from going to the World Cup. If he doesn't, he'll benefit from from that break. Uh, people have been a wee bit harsh on Matt O'Reilly for my like in the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> just in in the kind of general sense, he's playing Callum McGregor's role. You know, that is a guy who has been in that role so consistently for us. Nobody else plays it like him. Nobody's ever had to deputise, ever. He plays every game. So this is not a position you just slot into. Um, and O'Reilly's an advanced footballer. You know, he, he plays further up the park. He's, I don't, I don't like to say Andy Walker's got a point, but he said that today. You know that O'Reilly's deputised really well, but he's way more effective when he's further up the park. Uh, but I think O'Reilly's taking that, taking that responsibility in his stride. He's, you know, fairly fresh to the team. He's uh, a really young player still, and to take on the role of assuming the captain's position is a huge deal. And I think he deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, he's got great vision. He can pick a pass. Yeah, he does maybe need to understand that position more, but hopefully he will only have to play it for another few weeks. But I think he's always a player that impacts the game positively. Uh, but I don't think he's been at his sparkling best. I thought he was good in Europe on Tuesday. I know that was kind of... People were half and half on that. Um, but for me, Matt O'Reilly's just a player that improves the team every minute he's on the park. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I think he's done absolutely fine in the six. I think he's he's performed well in most games um, we just I guess we just would like to see him further forward because that's what I, I he would, was best. I'd be wondering what the script is with um, Abligar Abligar yeah. Abligar Abligar because he's apparently uh, you know he's he's the guy that was bought for that you know well Ange said he, he's he's more for the second half of the season he and uh, is he? Is he? I mean we could use him now Ange yeah so. yeah well he might he, I mean he might play on <laughs> every time before a game I'm like yeah we might see we might see him play in the next game and then then he doesn't. He comes on as a sub for five minutes at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, but then uh, on 53 minutes, Eddie, uh, a really special moment from Greg Taylor. Talk us through it. Yeah. So um, I think it, it was, was it Moy that took the shot uh, initially that kind of deflected off the defender yeah. and just kind of set it up for him. And he just took a running start and smashed it. I mean, through the keeper's legs from like 35, 35 yards out, something like that. It was, it was really something. I mean, it, it definitely gave me KT vibes, but um, it was, it was a really great hit. And obviously you see his celebrations are just, they're, they're adorable. I mean, he's the, the guy is so psyched. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, what a shot. And I think by that point, um, I did think it was a little bit difficult in the second half. I thought we were maybe being a little bit more impatient with our passing. Um, but, you know, nothing serious. But I think after that second goal, it was just kind of like, you know, we're going to crack on from here. You know, the subs are being made afterwards. It's just going to, you know, it's going to keep going. So, Yeah, um, a bit of a procession. Uh, Lorenzo, what did you make of the goal yourself? Uh, stayed hit. You know, when he, hmm. when he dumped, it doesn't even, the ball barely even rotates. I don't even know if it does rotate. You know, it stays still in the air, which means it's been absolutely hammered. Um, it has that tiny little late movement in it as well. Uh, absolute violation to that keeper who has a family, <laughs> I believe. Um, but no Haksabar- longer. You know, Haksabanovic started that move with, that, again, that kind of wanting to advance the ball but knowing it wasn't happening down the wing. He, he, he changes the course of the kind of attack but keeps everyone moving forward. He doesn't turn back and everybody's got to come back on side, you know, which is what I really like about Haksabanovic. Great ball, bubbles around. Um, and yeah, just thumped. I mean, again, just sheer confidence and ability and head down over the ball, hit this ball properly. Greg Taylor just seems like the perfect student, you know, he seems like a great trainer. The way everything's just, Ange came in and said, I want to play inverted fullbacks. Nobody's really seen us play that kind of way. Greg Taylor's played for Steve Clark's Kilmarnock and he's played under Neil Lennon, you know, and, and stuff like that. For Greg Taylor to take this role on, make it his own and do it so expertly and just seems to learn something different every week. It's so impressive. I hope he scores 100 goals and I hope he's here forever. Uh, Ange, just on Greg Taylor, said, Greg is one of a few who stayed in after I came in and all of them who have stayed have embraced the direction in which we're going. He has improved and wants to keep getting better. He's getting goals now, which is also great for the team. Um, Yeah, Eddie, uh, a great moment. I think for him, a great moment for Celtic fans. Just, I think that that goal will be what we talk about at the end of the season for sure. Yeah, it was it was his hundredth uh, appearance today, right? As well, I yeah. believe. Um, but yeah, just just on what uh, Lorenzo was saying about uh, Hacksaw, I think I think the great thing about him is that he refuses to kind of pass back at times, which is which is great. Like there were moments, I think it was the same moment Lorenzo was talking about, kind of. He cut in, and there's there's usually always two players on him, kind of covering him, and he'll try to go through them. And if he doesn't get through them, he'll just you know bring it back up the top and kind of pass it sideways to somebody in the midfield. So I think just stuff like that just really gets me. It's you know like just kind of his drive and his confidence uh, dribbling through players. And I think obviously that will that's what we kind of have with a good. I mean most of our wingers anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really great. And uh, just to see Jada come back, I would love to see them kind of play together uh, if that's possible. But yeah, he's he's a good one. Haxabanovic and Jota at their best are like foot on the neck wingers. Yeah. They don't yeah. have a fullback piece. You know, they don't, you don't see a fullback one attacker against them and then he knows he's got 30 seconds, you know, break because the ball's going to play or it's gone back to the fullback. It's going to go straight back at him. And that... You know, pays dividends over the course of a game. Who who would play on the right for you guys if Jota oh, and Haksabanovic were both? I'd go Jota on the right. I think Jota's show, mainly because Jota's shown us what he could do on the right. Um, and I almost think there was a period in Jota's form where when he was on the right and he was forced to go to the byline more, he was causing havoc. Yeah. You know, because he was on his right foot. Haksabanovic is he he definitely leans more towards um, cutting inside, but. There's times where Hacksmith is taken to the byline and he's just always, again, it's a directness, he's always expecting, he's got an expectancy about his strikers to be there. So I think, unless we see Hacksmith on the right and he does a Jota, uh, Jota's got, we know, we have proof that Jota can play on the right and play at his best. My friends, uh, a visionary called Neil Lennon invented the notion of switching the wingers, and I wondered <laughs> if that's what we should do. Disgusting. Um, I hate Give them, give them in fifteen minute blocks. Keep switching the wingers, and then at the end of the match, you decide who was best on which side, and that's to side they play on forever. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of wingers, uh, Forrest has a chance not long after this. I couldn't believe it wasn't a goal. So Jack Hamilton, the Livingston goalie, poor clearance from him, um, straight to to Jim Bag, who dribbled with it. I think he tried to square it to Real Hatati. But it sort of got blocked by the defender. I guess the defender did quite well to block it, and then Hamilton was able to smother it. Um, Eddie, does a does a 
a, a, a forest with more minutes in the legs score that or what? Is it just one of those things? I mean, you would hope so. I think, I think there was a very, there was a very short period where he could have kind of immediately crossed it to Hatate and that would have been fine. But I think obviously he waited a little bit too long and maybe was unsure of, you know, the angle that he was at, or if, you know, the keeper was kind of closing in on him. So, uh, you know, I think he should have chose to, to either square it immediately or shoot, but I think he was just kind of, it looked like he was just stuck in between two minds and, uh, you know, gave it, gave it the old abada. So. <laughs> He's been watching too much Leo Labada. Um, uh, Forrest has a, sorry, Forrest has another shot. It goes over the bar. Um, I don't know. I felt like it's around about 65 minutes. There was a bit of kind of fannying about um, on our kind of right-hand side. I don't I don't love the Aaron Moy, James Forrest, Anthony Ralston axis. Convince me otherwise, Lorenzo. No, that's fair. I think when you said you were going to slag off Moy today, I thought he was he was good. Um, I do think you've got three guys there who, again, Ralston, great today again, big Ralston fan, fan of all three of them. But the three of them have moments of caught in two mindsness, mm-hmm. trepidation, second thought. Which is weird. Yeah. Which, I feel like it's weird because I thought in the very beginning, Forrest and Ralston had a really nice thing going on. But yeah, there were times where you know, he'd pat like Ralston would pass it to nobody and Forrest is kind of up, you know, up in the corner somewhere that it, it is kind of weird, but it's like an imbalance in the wings when you have those two in the right, because you've got the other side, where you've got, I don't know, Hatati, Haksabanovic, Taylor, quick, every thought, like very quick thought, very creative, very direct. Um, you know, James Forrest and he's the, the main criticisms of Forrest in the last few years, he does get caught in two minds. He does, not decide to take players on. He does stop for a second. He slows the play down a little bit. Moy, I really, really like. I think today he was way quicker with the ball at his feet. Uh, but again, he is a guy that you can recycle the ball to, but it's so he can give it back to you. He's not taking it from you, overlapping and beating somebody. He's not driving at the box. Um, and it, I, I know what you mean. It does just mean it, there's a lot of like hold-ups on that wing that there don't need to be. Uh, yeah, I, I usually, think... Moy is so I, I just don't get it I just don't understand how you two, two guys can sit here and say that he's a good player for, or, or at this at this level at the Celtic level like maybe I'm just biased maybe it's just one of those things where you know you hate Australians is it the same thing <laughs> not all Australians I mean I like I like the Minogues um, that, that's it uh, oh no, the, the go-betweens are a good band I like them Ooh, yeah, uh, the the I don't know. I find them just perplexing, frustrating. So slow in the ball, so slow to react. I will give you that, Lorenzo. He was he was sharper today, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have a role to play in this team. For me, it's just it's a Paul Carlin problem. I just can't. I cannot warm to this player. So, yeah, um, it it sounds it sounds like it because I I felt especially in the first half I felt like he would, like kept us ticking, essentially. Like he was kind I, of. What the, am I seeing though? What am I seeing? He, yeah, very non athletic bald man. You know, he he doesn't give the impression of he doesn't uh he doesn't look like a, a, a dynamic footballer. And I think you are right. I think when you put him next to Forrest, you're just seeing the game slow down. I don't think that's on Moy's side though. Um I think Forrest was good today, but he's slower. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, we won the game, so maybe I should just uh, <laughs> take my face for a shite and uh, try, and try, try and enjoy myself, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the thing about those three, though, is I felt like they were really close together at times today and not like in a good way where they're... Ah, this is a Paul issue. Let's just move on. Um, a couple of subs. Uh, Abada comes on for James Forrest and James Turnbull comes on for Matt O'Reilly. Did I say James Turnbull? You did. <laughs> same same player, I guess. There's, listen, there's water coming in every fucking corner of my flat at the moment, and I can't think straight. So let's call him, let's call him James Turnbull. Uh, comes on for <laughs> O'Reilly. And Mo- so Moy drops back into the six, and uh, so we're seeing Hatati and Turnbull as the eights. Um, how do you think the two of them got on today? They had set up about 25 minutes to impress. Eddie, uh, Abada, and Turnbull. Hmm. You, you you know I'm a big Abada fan. I, I I I still have hope for him, and I think for me he's not an impact sub. 
he he's just not a player that's going to come on and kind of affect the game immediately, at least consistently. I still feel like he should get a run of games starting. Um, he's obviously still young. He has good attri- attributes, but I think he also gets kind of caught into minds a lot, uh, whether it's a confidence thing or whether it's kind of just, you know, doesn't have that about his game right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think he just, he just had a tough time. And I think Turnbull was fine. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to not notice Turnbull when he comes on very much. Uh, and then he'll come up with something like really spectacular. Um, but yeah, I think about in particular is just, I just want to see him do great. Uh, and I feel like he still can, but I just, I just don't think he's a sub. That's all. I just, I just don't think he can come on and kind of play that role. But then some people might say he's, you know, he's not a player that should start games. So I, I think it's just like feast or famine with him. He's he's having a tough game or he's, you know, scoring an incredible goal against Rangers, you know? So Lorenzo, to quote Colin Kearney, sell a badder? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a bigger badder fan. I think a badder's strength is in uh, catching teams cold. You can't really do that when you're already 2 up in Livingston. Nobody's cold. You know, Livingston are bedded in. They're on damage control. All you're doing there is giving a batter five yards to take a seven-yard touch, you know, and then just embarrass himself. But I like a batter. I don't think he played very well today. Um, I think he causes havoc a wee bit, which is good. But I kind of agree. I think he's better starting because, again, he can start games fast. Um, and then he can grow into the game himself. He's not somebody that can walk into a game, I don't think. Turnbull has a lot of evident quality, and I thought he did well today. Um whether he is a fit for this team is probably still up in the air. Probably most people are veering on the side of maybe not quite the perfect fit for the team, but he's a good player and people like to see him come on and he's got a lot of ability and he can create big moments. Um, so it was nice to see him. I always like seeing Turnbull kind of fit and healthy because I think he is a guy that can, can unlock a defence in a minute. That's, Let's that's not like forget. So somebody asks you like after a party when you see James Turnbull and you're like, Lorenzo, how's, how's, how, you know, how was it, uh, James Turnbull? You know, I just love to see him. <laughs> I just enjoyed seeing him today. Um, hey, let's not forget what he did last season, what he achieved last season, dragging us through some of those matches, him and, and Tam Rogic. Um, uh, Jota, uh, Abel Gore, and uh, Yakimakis come on for Hacksaw, Hugo, and Hatati. And then um, the last 10 minutes, quite a lot of action, which is which is always good. Um, potential handball, Jota on the left. Um, playing some nice kind of tricky footwork, uh, gets past a couple of players and uh, puts a cross in it and it comes off. Um, I can't remember whose hand it was. Shinny? Shinny, yeah. Um, it goes to VAR and the penalty's given, Lorenzo. Our first penalty since April. Gee whiz. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a clear penalty. His hands are, I mean, it's, it's a clear penalty and it's also just kind of stupid and semi-harsh, as in harsh on the player because it's, stupid but it's a penalty his hands are very much not in a normal position it's almost like he's got like a fright you know and he throws his hands that's, ex- like that. that's exactly yeah I said uh, he saw a spider like it's yeah, well, uh, it's uh, Halloween after all <laughs> yeah, he, got, he got spooked um, <laughs> and his hands are up and I, it's, I mean it's a pretty clear penalty uh, I guess Colm didn't take too long to, to give it either he got called over his little stupid monitor and he gave his little stupid decision <laughs> Shocked. I was I, shocked we got it. I was yeah, genuinely shocked same. we got it. Um, the only reason I think we wouldn't get it is just because it's like that kind of like, I don't know, like they're already getting beat. You know, he didn't mean it. His hands were up. That was the only reason I didn't think they would give it. But he was clear penalty. He was pretty close too. Um, I think that's the reason why I thought they wouldn't give it um, because he was he was pretty close to the ball, but it was definitely a penalty. Uh, so it was definitely a penalty, but... Um, oh. Yakimakis steps up to to take the penalty and uh, he doesn't score, Lorenzo. Um, he, he hits the post. Yakimakis just simply loves to miss penalties at the uh, the Freddy Spaghetti um, <laughs> stadium. Oh, he missed at Parkhead, didn't he, against Livingston last time? Oh, I thought it was away. I thought it was... It was oh, in... no, it was last ah, minute right. at Parkhead. Okay. The, the, man, the man's penalty record before he came to Celtic is obscene. Like it's, he, he scored so many. He scored so consistently. 
it seemed so straightforward for him, and it was almost like part of the justification for his transfer. People were like, "Look at this guy, buries penalties." Um, no, he doesn't. He's useless for us at penalties. Uh, <laughs> will he ever score a goal again? Who knows? He's on his dry spell now. Uh, if he follows the form of last year, you know, missing a penalty against Levy, we'll see another turn, like January turn into a goal haul. Uh, but I felt for him because he's he's a wee frustrated boy when he doesn't when he doesn't get his way. And he had a he had a very kind of funny, daft, awkward cameo today. Um, he clearly hated the pitch, like everyone does. He was stumbling all over the place. He was falling a lot. Uh, things weren't quite coming <laughs> off for him. He hit the side netting, which is so annoying. It's like a fives when you hit the side netting. You know, it's just frustrating. Uh, so I felt for him today, but you know, he, he worked hard. And, uh, he's it, he has not gone down in my estimations. He's he's still a great player. His first touch was absolutely terrible today, but I'm, I'm going to put that down to the pitch. I think he came on and he was just like, we know we know what what Gigi can do, right? We we know that he's good. We know that he's got his limitations but ultimately you know we'd rather have him than not have him but yeah that penalty miss Eddie was just just not good enough like I just don't think it's good enough to miss like that yeah I I mean personally I I have this thing with penalties if you don't go up pick a corner and smash it you're an idiot because (laughs) literally no one can save a penalty like that and yet still people just kind of hit it low and like to me just literally just pick a corner and fucking smash it. Because, I don't think he'd even touched the ball before that either. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't even think we have a penalty taker, really. I mean, I guess it's Juranovic, but when was the last time we got one, let alone he took one? Um, yeah, I just think that's another thing. And I, I think Ange said uh, kind of that he wanted it that way, if I remember correctly, like kind of changing up the penalty takers. Um, but, you know, I wish we had somebody good to change it up to. Well, who, uh, who, who, like, um, emergency feature who takes uh, penalties when uh, Yakimakis no when Juranovic isn't on the pitch Lorenzo come to you first uh, and everyone's available yeah I would go for David Turnbull right interesting I have a point to make on that Eddie <laughs> I think I think I'd go Turnbull as well I, he, right. he seems like the kind of run up and smash it guy um, if I remember correctly in my Celtic history. save in Football Manager, David Turnbull has been taking my penalties for what am I? I'm at, like twenty twenty six or twenty seven in my save, and he gets twenty plus goals each season, and they're all penalties. So, David Turnbull. I mean, the the stats back it up. Um. Anyway, not to worry. Uh, we don't have to be feel kind of pissed off about that for long because our superstar from Portugal uh, gets a goal on his return. Uh, Lorenzo, talk us through Jota's goal. Um, kind of insane how much space David Turnbull has to run onto that ball. He's not the fastest player in the world, and he strolls onto that through ball. For Levy, who are so compact and so organised, and David Martindale does so much research, there was so much space. Turnbull, again, nice and fresh, great vision, um, great through ball. And then Jota, keen the minute he came on. You know, Jota's back, and he's excited about it, and he's a player that kind of feeds off enthusiasm and, and energy, and he's He's keen, he's keeping up with the play and it becomes a really easy goal. You know, just a one, two, three, dead straight forward. And it's a Levy team who are a bit demoralised, a bit knackered. And Celtic super subs when we've got a nice stacked bench who are on, wanting to make an impression. There's a game against Real Madrid, you know, coming up. There's, there's players to fight for positions and fight for appearances. Who wouldn't want to say they've played at the, at the Bernabeu? Um, I think the subs came on, they were keen. Um, and that is what led to that goal. It just seems so easy. Yeah, Eddie, talk us through it. What did you make of it? I mean, it was it was terrific. I think he had that. I think with his first touch, he played a really really nice ball to Abada, um, kind of around like curving around the defenders, and had um, uh, Abada in on goal at at one point. But I mean, it was just great to see him back. Really, I mean, I feel like we've definitely been missing him. Although you know, obviously Haxbanovich has been pretty terrific, um, kind of playing there mostly sort of um and even Maeda's kind of come back in form but uh I mean that's just as easy as it gets his celebration obviously with with the woman on the side was just heartwarming and wonderful he screamed in her face she screamed back at him uh you know there was a connection there that's that's his that's his love language I love him so much yeah Yeah. He, he just I just he's a player that loves scoring obviously which is great and just him 
I don't know, his movement, his movement is incredible, even though he was literally unmarked for the most part. Um, it was just, he just takes it with such ease. There's not one time where you kind of see him coming in on goal and you're like, oh, well, he's probably going to miss that. You know, like nine times out of 10, he makes that easily, you know? Uh, it ends 3 now. Uh, we've got a clip of uh, Ange Postacoglu's post-match pressure. So let's, I said post-match pressure, which is what I'm feeling, post-match presser. So let's hear it now. So. Yeah, a real sort of uh, strong performance. So we all know it's a difficult place to come. They they make it really difficult for you with the way they play and how they work, and you know, obviously the surface as well. But um, yeah, I think our boys handled it really well, and we scored three. Probably could add a few more, but um, really pleased with the way we went about it and uh, the performance. Given that, then how key was getting the early goals in both halves? Yeah, that's, it always helps. But I think our performance beyond that was more, more important. You know, we would. Stay disciplined. As I said, it can be a difficult game here, but um, yeah, I thought we were well on top. We, you know, they only had a, really a couple of sort of attempts at goal against us, and um, you know, we kept creating chances. Another goal for Greg Taylor, another man of the match award as well. Just how pleased are you with the way he's performing just now? Yeah, he's going well. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's he's improving all the time. He, um, you know, he comes in every day wanting to be the best he can be and, and improve and. Uh, you know, he's adding goals to it now. So, um, no, it's credit to him. Like I said, he's um, you know he's one of the few that sort of have stayed on since I've come on, and uh, the ones who have, um, have all embraced sort of what we're doing, and you know, every day push to be the best they can be. Have you said that to him to be more aware in those areas, or is it take a shot or, or put the cross in? I don't tell him not to score. Put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, no, the instructions are if you're around there, have a have a shot. But he's you know he's hit a couple of good strikes today. Look, the way we play, our fullbacks get into good positions. You know. It's part of sort of the way we want to play that we're going to have multiple threats and uh, you know with our fullback position sometimes they find themselves in that sort of situation and uh, you know I think both him and Tony did that today. You actually got a penalty today. Uh, were you pleased or, or more relaxed with the way the process that, that the referee had, uh, went through to, to look at it and check himself? Oh, look, I mean, I, to me, it's you know if it's a penalty, you give it. If it's not, it's not. We move on. Um, like I said, my, my frustration with last week was it. We almost wanted to use VAR. As, you know, I think the less we use it, as I said, the better. Let's just leave it for the key moments. And uh, Yeah, I, I did complain about not getting one. We get one and we miss it, so there you go. And just finally, Jota coming back in. How pleased were you, not only for him being back on the field, but scoring the goal? Yeah, great for him. Like I said, he's, he's been a bit disappointed he missed the last few games because obviously he knew how important they were and he was going well. He's had, he's, you know, had a great start to the season. But, yeah, great to have him back. We've still got four games uh, <coughs> between now and the break and then... Yeah, with a break, him getting back to full, full sort of fitness and speed. Um, yeah, it'll be great for us. Uh, great, good stuff. Glad to hear the manager happy. Great to see the team performing well today. Uh, let's do man of the match two point takeaway. Lorenzo, you first. Man of the match, Craig Taylor. Um, common theme these days. Uh, I don't think I have any takeaways really. I can think, but I just think the game was so comfortable today. Maybe that's like. Um, the, the kind of cliche calendar would suggest this should have been a really tough game after a European disappointment, you know, to come and play Levy away. Um, but we haven't really been hung up on that. I think Angie's consistency of like, you know, move on, get over it, on to the next one. There's a, a determination to train hard every day and just focus on the work you're doing and not get caught up in the theatrics and the drama of a league season uh, has kind of paid off. And I think a game like today where you can go there and not feel frantic at any point and feel comfortable is maybe a big step in that direction. And we're so close to the break now. This is a point where if we the, the state Rangers have been in, I know they had a good performance yesterday, but the, the state they've been in, if we can get to the break without any hiccups, you're going into the, the second half of the season where we're traditionally really strong um, on really, really good footing. Excellent. Uh, Eddie, man of the match and any takeaways? Yeah, I, I have to go Greg Taylor as well. Moy, I also liked as well, but going Greg Taylor because obviously there's really no argument, I guess, um, at this point, because he's just out of his mind. Uh, I would say my only takeaway was the positivity and kind of the aggressiveness that we started uh, the game and obviously tried to kind of put into the game the entire, you know, both halves. I think obviously the runner was saying, you know, we go there and it's like a tough game. Usually we usually res- uh, resort to kind of, crossing or chucking balls into the box, which never really works for us. So I think to go there and the, like the quick start that we had, the way the players were playing through the middle um, 
the the goals that we scored, I just think uh, it was really, really refreshing to see us go to a place like Livingston and play our game exactly how we play it. So that was that was my big takeaway. Yeah, I don't think we should look at the Joey Papardelli Stadium as being somewhere to be feared anymore. Um, my man of the match is Aaron Moy, by the way. Um, okay, <laughs> uh, uh, this has been the reaction to Livingston nil, Celtic 3. Great performance, three points, a uh, very satisfying Sunday up at the Sammy Tagliatelli Stadium. Uh, Lorenzo Pacitti, thank you very much. Thank you, Pop. My way now to watch the women hopefully batter Glasgow City silly. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. I think we're going to win 4-3. Eddie Walsh, thank you. It's great to be here, Paul. Good to see you. You too, mate. Uh, Thank you to my broadcast colleague, Christopher Gallagher, for producing. I've been Paul Carlin. This has been The Reaction, and we'll speak to you down the road.